Welcome to the Ancient Way Podcast, where we discuss what it looks like to live as a Gentile following a Jewish Messiah. Put simply, we want to help others rediscover an ancient way by embracing the Jewishness of Jesus. We're glad you're here. All right, welcome everyone to, is this episode two? I think it's episode two of the Ancient Way Podcast, where Jim and I are talking about how we discovered that Jesus is Jewish, uh, and that means he was steeped in Jewish practices. And so we're talking about through this series of episodes, how we're living as Gentiles, following a Jewish Messiah. And last episode, we talked a bit about just our background and our context and how we kind of stumbled into this uh, journey. And today we're going to talk a little bit about how do we do Sabbath? How do we keep Shabbat? What does that look like for us? And so we're going to dive right in. Um, Jim, I'm going to hand this over to you. Uh, last week, we talked just a little bit about how you stumbled into keeping the Sabbath. But I'm, I'm curious, uh, you've been doing this for several years. Uh, yeah. What does is, what is Sabbath look like? What does it, what does it mean to you? And uh, maybe practically, how do, you, how do you keep it? Wonderful. Um, yeah. Uh, Sabbath for me is I, I look forward to it um, as as the end of the blur of my life that is between being married, being in ministry, being part of a church, and suddenly it's not. It's it's um, my it's right outside my window. I, I should um, there's a garden right outside my window. And there's two chairs in there. My wife and I sit there every Friday end of day with a glass of wine and something like it's often flatbread. Uh, with all kinds of stuff on it, but um, nice. we just we just stop. And um, my wife is not a Saturday Sabbath observer, but she loves that part of it. So she, uh, it's just a pleasant arresting of the crazy flow. And um, um, we just we just do whatever we want uh, that night. Usually we have a dinner, like. Already this morning, part of my for- Friday morning ritual is to get I get out a muffin that I got at Whole Foods and uh, make a pot of tea that steeps from now all the way till tomorrow morning when I wake up. A, a, uh, like a, a continental breakfast is waiting for me that I made or or, or bought, and uh, I just wake up and it's ready. I heat tea, uh, sit down with my muffin, and it's nice. Great. So yeah. wait, so you don't you don't cook on Shabbat morning? Is that what I'm hearing? Correct. You know, usually, you know, grinding coffee beans, uh, doing a pour over 400 years because it has to be the right temperature and all that <laughs> stuff, which I don't, I, I, I like living with at that kind of quality. But this one morning a week, I don't. It, it's a it's a pot of uh, Irish breakfast tea, usually, and uh, a bran muffin. And um, I'll sit and I'll talk to my wife. Uh, otherwise, um, I will look at, I'll take time to look at Instagram in a way that is just meandering my way through something I will not give myself the time to do during the week. And just that. And then my, my daughter calls every uh, Saturday morning. We talk for about two hours on the phone. And then it's like lunchtime. Um, so what, what one of the things we've done to make Shabbat work is plan the meals so that if there's any cooking, it's absolutely minimal. Like it's all prepared. Uh, if, if we're really going to saute something, it's, it's caught up on whatever in the refrigerator waiting. Um, I, I literally work to make it easy ahead of time. 
And um, I, I like how you phrase that. You work to make it easy. Yeah, and it's crazy that that would be true. But it, it, for me, um, it, that's what it costs. I, I know. I know in 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 strict, um, let's say, say a, a person following after a Hasidic Jew um, way of life. The oven goes on. Like I have a Cuisinart stove that has a a, a um, Shabbat setting, and it just puts it at a low temperature, and it doesn't go off. It won't burn your house down, but you can leave food in there, walk in, <laughs> food is waiting. I, I I haven't taken it to that extreme. My def I I do I heat my tea. I'll stick the bread muffer muffin in a, a broiler. Um, so I'll do light things, but I'm not busting my butt. <laughs> um, it, it's just an easy day. No. I have a question for you. So I'm curious when you first started keeping the Sabbath, was this something you you like did from the beginning or did you like start Sabbath and you realize, oh, like cooking food and preparing things was was like becoming burdensome or taxing or like at odds with the idea of stopping and ceasing from from work. And then you eventually did it. Like, how did that how did that pan out for you? Absolutely an evolution because I was very naive as to what my mornings, how much my mornings were demanding out of me. Mm. And when I said, this is not exactly, I can't imagine this is the rest they were talking about. And um, um, then I came up with the idea of having tea and uh, a muffin ready. Um, typically, we'll have lunch is ready. More often than not, dinner is going to be some kind of fish that we stick in a saute pan with some green vegetable and it's, it's just light. And, uh, you know, we actually do dishes. I, I have uh, Jewish friends that, they, that there's, their, their um, sink looks like something to go mountain climbing on by Sunday morning. <laughs> and uh, we don't do that. But we also don't cook things that involve every spoon, every knife, a pot in your neighbor's cup of sugar. You know, it's not that. It's, it's like a saute pan or a saucer that I ate the muffin on and it goes right into the dishwasher. I just keep it as simple and as clean and as uh, light as I can. But I'm a, my wife and I are foodies. You know, we're not sacrificing any quality. It just takes a little bit of creativity to establish, a, uh, uh, let's say, a, a, the menu in a way that's going to make you a happy soul. But I'm not, also not slaving for it. Right. And um, like sometimes, sometimes I I'll, I'll paint like fine art kind of painting. I call it fine anyway. Um, if if I'm interpreting it as pleasure, if if it's something I just feel like I need to get work on, and as soon as I say work on, I'm done. I don't do it. <laughs> I, won't, I, won't, I won't do something that's burdensome. I do stuff that is a pleasure. And and they might be the same activity on different weeks, but I, I, I try to let the piece of it, the joy of it, be the deciding factor. Hmm. That's good. I think that's a good like for people who are just getting into keeping the Sabbath and wondering where to start that idea as like a frame of reference or a filter to yeah. what, like what's a good, a good measurement of what you should or shouldn't do, or maybe could or couldn't do. I'd rather say it that way. Right. Cause if it's, if it's becoming like work, like knowing that's a, that might be a good indicator that, Hey, maybe that's not Sabbathing at that point. True. Um, finding something that gives you delight. Yeah. Like uh, gardening, for instance, could be a pleasure or it could be work. What is it to you today? If if you're sitting in the house saying, oh, my God, I just do. It's hot. I don't want to do this. 
then don't do right. Sunday. You know, like um, uh, I think for a person, for a person's trying to find a way, unsure. You know, so there's halakhic rules that the Jewish leadership over the millennia have added all kinds of rules and perspectives to uh, Shabbat. If you were to follow all of them, it's easy in the sense that there's rules. But if you're a Gentile, not necessarily feeling constrained to such rules, then it's such a wide open field that it does become challenging. Well, what's right? What, what, what could I really stand before Yeshua having done or not done? And, and uh, for me, that is this rest, is it pleasurable, is my acid test or my litmus test. Hmm. So um, that to me, that makes it very simple. And uh, understanding that you are not going to have an easy time, particularly if you have kids, addressing meals. If you weren't thinking about this on Wednesday and executing on Friday, right. like you have to plan that and it only happens that way but um i would say most of the time i'm successful now but it, it took it i you know i i, I couldn't even tell you how long it took maybe a month i don't know of, of getting it wrong getting it wrong closer 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 on the money and then happy so um uh and then you know i i wound up traveling and it's so disruptive because i wind up traveling over the shabbat and I come back and I have to get back into that prepping, thinking on Wednesday, prepping on Saturday, you know, ready to roll on Friday night. And the winter when Friday night comes early, oh, my God, I'm like racing with the clock to be done. <laughs> so. So you start with what you just said. You, you're trying to start Sabbath by sundown on Friday. Is that yeah. what I heard? Yes. Nice. And, and you know what, John? Um I, use, I start at five o'clock. I live in South Florida. Sundown like be eight thirty at night. Yeah, no, I, I start, but in the winter it could be <laughs> in the winter. But so I, if I make it five o'clock all the time, then I then it's my it's my life. So I'm 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 early to Shabbat in the summer and just in the nick of time in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I love it. Yeah, for. Going back to something you said earlier, um, it reminded me, I think it was a book by, I forget which book, but it was by Eugene Peterson, who um, was a, a pastor and author. And he wrote uh, the message uh, version of the Bible. Oh, really? Right. And so he was, he was talking in one of his books, it might have been his book called Pastor, um, like it was a memoir of his life, but he started sharing about uh, the Sabbath. And the phrase that kind of stuck with me is how he, uh, how he viewed what he did on that day. And he defined it as it was a day to play and to pray. And I like the simplification of that because Love like it. what you're talking about, like play, right? That's delight and enjoying the day and life and painting and enjoying good food and, and the company of, of people you care about. Um, but then the other aspect that he kind of clarified was was pray like what are things that he could do that uh made him feel more aware of god's presence and connected to to god on this particular day and you know if it's not one of those two things maybe it's a sign that you should try something a little bit different true true like my, my wife and i will go for a bike ride and that could actually be con it's, it's physical work but it's such a pleasure to ride around our neighborhood that and, and we don't ride for like eight miles. We'll ride for like 
two or four or something like that. What, again, whatever's pleasant. And when we get into the part where we're, we're like, dang, I wish this was done. We go home because. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I'm counseling this guy who um, has had a very disorganized life and he's really trying to step into a, a better form of leadership. And um, he was saying how stressful it is for him to be on top of the details all the time. And I said to him, well, have you considered having what, what what if you were on it six days a week and you gave yourself a Sabbath that you just didn't? And if you want to sleep in and you didn't, you just let it happen. And he goes, could you face the grind of being on it all week if you knew Shabbat was coming? I said, you know, so you you interpreted it Sunday. Um, <laughs> I want to say the Bible says, but, you know, I just said I interpreted it Saturday. Um if you if you're gonna start this practice, why not start it on the day God said? Why why pick another day? And he goes, well, could I go writing? I said, yeah. Are you writing? And this is I'm actually I'm I'm posing this as a question. I said, yeah. I wouldn't ride 50 miles as he is capable of doing. I would I would do that on Sunday. Like give your body, your mind, your everything a rest one day, and then and then you can get up and face the demands of your life in a more assertive way than you've done. So what what are your thoughts on that? Do you think he interprets the writing as pleasure and freedom from the relentless, what he feels like are relentless demands in his life? But writing 50 miles is no, I've done it. It's no small thing. It's grueling. Could that really be considered something a person would do on Shabbat? So what do you think of that? (laughs) He is calling it pleasure, but it's very demanding. I, that's that's kind of a hard one to know without being in his shoes, right? Like he he probably knows where that that like breaking point is, where something turns in from like pleasure to now you're trying to like push yourself really hard. And right. like what I'm thinking is, is he trying to achieve something out of this like pattern that he's developed over the years, or maybe it's where his personality is. I have no clue what he's like. But I could see someone who's be who's a very like uh, achievement oriented, results driven person, where that would like maybe come out in riding a bike, um, you know, a long distance or as hard as you can. So to me, that's like a, kind of up to the person. But you know this guy better than than I do. Well, let's for argument's sake, let's just say that he enjoys the grueling exertion. To him, it's pleasure. Hmm. But his body is far from resting. I mean, for me, I, I'm thinking that's where the litmus test starts to come into question because, right. yeah, pleasure. But, you know, do that on Sunday. Like, li- literally rest. It's, I yeah. guess, you know, maybe I have a new litmus test. Maybe it's, is, it, um, uh, is it pleasurable and are, could you really say you're at rest doing it? Hmm. Yeah. When you said the word grueling, I feel like that that changed my perspective on that, right? Like, I'll kind of take this back to gardening. Like, I like to garden. And on Sundays, like, I, I uh, keep Shabbat on Saturday. So on Sundays, that's when I'm doing my, like, grueling work in the garden where I'm, right. like, hauling dirt. I'm building things. I'm planting stuff, I'm weeding, I'm doing all of this work. And it's literally like eight to 10 hour days and I'm sweating, I'm exhausted. (laughs) That sounds like grueling. 
but I don't do that intentionally on Shabbat because it it's work. It's very much work, even though it's like, I feel good after that on Sunday, I'm outside, I'm in the sun. It's like a good work, but it's still work to me. So yeah. I might like stroll through my garden and pick something, or maybe I see a weed or two. I'll, I'll, you know, bend down and do that, but I'm not going to go like work, like actually work and do that in the garden, even though it's, it's enjoy, like I enjoy it. So I do feel like there's a difference there and you know, that, I don't know. I think that's the part that is sometimes hard for people is to just stop. And there's a reason I think God made this a commandment as, you know, remember the Sabbath because he knew how difficult it would be for us as humans to just totally trust him in that day. And I think that's the part that I, I kind of come back to for myself is maybe this is a little bit different than the analogy of riding your bike. But like when I'm trying to do something, it's because I'm trying to make ends meet or I've got things to do around the house. There's stuff I need to fix or repair. I mean, that stuff never ends. And if I'm not able to stop from that on the Sabbath, like I'm missing the point. The point is I'm giving this day where I'm trusting that God's going to replenish my soul, to uh, rejuvenate me after a week of working for six days. And he's going to do more in the absence of that work and one day in the week than if I just worked all the time. And so I do think there's like an act of surrender that's necessary that is that can be difficult for people to embrace because we don't like we don't like that as humans it feels like we're wasting our time especially for people who are always on the go doing things tell me tell me on shabbat do you not recognize a million little things that you didn't do that you could have done oh yeah all the time to do right now all the time it drives me crazy because I don't see them on Monday. I'm just too busy to see the deep. But I, I, I just made a comment without even trying to. On Shabbat, I see the details. Yeah. Because I'm at rest and can. Well, what does that look like in the rest of your life, in your soul, in your mm. mind, in your marriage with your kids? Well, you know, that, that's. I'm going to take that from the Holy Spirit because that's rather profound. I'm writing this down right now. Uh, that's rather profound because I just said on Monday I don't see these things. Right, I'm head down, I'm rolling. But on Shabbat I do, and for me it's a temptation because I know that I'm too busy this week to take care of that. Why don't I just do it right now? And and uh, I I have succumbed to that a few times, but I don't generally anymore. But I'm really impressed with the fact that in this place of rest I'm aware, I'm present. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. That, that idea of being present, I think, is important. Like in, in my own journey, keeping the Sabbath, that's what stood out to me is like literally the first time I ever um, stopped working, like totally. I was more present than I'd ever been in my life. And this like ebbs and flows, you know, through the years, especially when you have kids, you know, it's hard to be present when you've got three little ones, you know, all talking at you at the same time. But I realized like kind of what you were saying, I was just like cruising through life at this crazy speed and was missing the details of like the present moment and maybe missing things that God is trying to show me. But I'm just so busy focused on the thing down the road that I miss what's right, like what he's doing right, right around me 
in my my family, my wife, my kids, my friends, whatever it might be. So I think you're onto something there. Yes. And uh, trust me, I did not plan it. I, I didn't even know it. Um, it just came out of my mouth and was so obviously a truth, a deeper truth. Mm. And I was just talking about what it's like to see weeds on my front walk that I didn't see any mm. the other day that I walked into my house. Yeah. Well, um, what, what I'm thinking about now is like if you read the creation story in Genesis 1 through the first part of 2, um, in essence, like you're, you're seeing God creating the whole world, right? You, you have all of these things he's doing day by day. And I wonder how much, like in what you were saying, like on that seventh day, God's just looking at creation and he's saying it's very good. And he's just taking a moment to enjoy the details of what he had created in nice. earth. And it's like, yeah, the Sabbath today for us is, is a good chance to do that um, because we're not burdened by the remaining cares of life. Um, yeah, it's good. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, in the, our last episode, one of the things I was saying is that the Lord is really putting it upon my heart to be present. And then in this next meeting with you, it comes right out of my mouth. I'm more present on that day. I had no idea. That's really wild. Sounds like you're onto something. Yeah, I, I feel like um, we, we, we just talked about this, that Hebrews 4, um, 9 to 11, where it says Jesus Christ bought us the open door to his rest, his Sabbath rest. Mm -hmm. And if you could imagine him moving in your life, parting with the lifestyle of hurry, living under his Shabbat, and just becoming that person that we are on Saturdays where we notice everything. Mm -hmm. um, in a good way. I, 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 you know, I, that could be a tormenting thing, I guess. But um, just... Be, being and ultimately, ultimately, it doesn't. This actually mean we're becoming more alive in the midst of this, like fully alive, okay, not so. just like um, a zombie rolling through the American dream. Right. Yeah, I think that's a good point. This is one I struggle with. Like when you start talking about throughout the week, I think it's it's really easy for me now, or it's much easier now to say, well, kind of like you were advising your your this this guy you were talking about where. You know, yeah, be busy on the six days, but then look forward to the seventh day. And, you know, I feel like I do that pretty good. Like I'll compartmentalize my day. I start Shabbat on Friday evening. Um, but when I look at my life on the other six days, particularly at work, I'm like meeting to meeting, um, right. back to back meetings. I'm like rushing inside. I'm like just gobbling down food in five minutes and I'm not taking the moment, like taking those moments during the week to ultimately like trust that God's going to be with, like guide me and the work that I'm doing. I'm trying to just white knuckle it through all of these circumstances. And, and you do. Like, Unfortunately you, for you, you do a beautiful job of it, which shackles you to more of the same. No, it's true. But I'm thinking about what you were saying, like how would my perspective shift if I recognize that you know, all of this doesn't depend on me, even during those other six days, that the same God who is present, that I'm trusting on the Sabbath is there on the other six days of the week to work in my life, to work through my conversations. And how can I pause and be present to the, the people I'm talking with 
um, all throughout the day and to be aware of what God's spirit might be saying. Or maybe it's just working out of a place of ease and like rest, like you were talking about in Hebrews 4, versus this sense of I've got to make all this happen. Like that's a yeah. that's a mindset shift that I struggle with that. So, well, so last night we were talking about this fractal that happened to me. Um, I've had to replace the operating system on a desktop, a laptop, and my chlorine generator in my pool. All three crapped out. All three would just just like missing all kinds of, and there was like, if you use well, File Explorer, I would select something to rename it, but it would rename the one five five rows down. Like it was, it was just screwing up where it, you couldn't use it. And um, between you, me, and uh, our Heavenly Father last night, it, it, it surfaced that I had allowed myself to become so busy that I've become corrupted. Not that I'm living a corrupt mm -hmm. life, but my prayer life was a checkbox on my my to-do list. You know, was I faithful? Yeah. Was it anything as intimate as what I've known? No. I just got it done. I had I had a counseling appointment at ten. I had a, a retooling appointment at eleven, and and it, just crazy. And I um, I I told you, I, I took my. We, we were having Florida rain here yesterday. I think it's rained every day for like two months, every single day, like Florida wow. rain. And um, it was raining. My schedule was pretty open. I, I took her to lunch to have ramen. We, we sit in this outdoor place and eat st a steaming bowl of noodles in the pouring rain. It's like right out of an anime. <laughs> so um, I, I just took a shower to get ready to take her out. And I wasn't in a rush. And I, I'm, I'm going to say it was the Holy Spirit. I realized I could not remember the time the last shower I took that wasn't in a ferocious hurry to jump on a Zoom call. I just mm. couldn't even, I, I could not tell you the day. It was probably months and months. Um, and I've gotten so accustomed to this that it has literally sucked the joy out of my life. And um, as, as we're going, it's just crazy that we're having this conversation today because I really think this Sabbath rest that we hear in, in Hebrews 4 is the other six days. It's coming out of rest. I mean, it's coming. It's it, it's coming into rest in the rest of your life. And like so, I re, I, I got out of bed at six this morning, six thirty actually, six thirty this morning. I had my prayer time early. I still I had time to take a shower. I wasn't rushed and uh, and make my way to my appointment with you in a way that wasn't white knuckling it. So I'm trying to receive the Sabbath rest on the other six days. And that's a gorgeous transition. That's good. You'll have to tell yeah. me how that continues over the next few weeks. And well, months. I've been successful one morning, but great. Uh, well, you know, the journey of a thousand miles is taking one step at a time. So yep. uh, got to start somewhere. It's just to be aware. So you know, I, I'm I'm so I'm grateful for his insight and the fact that he even sends things like fractals and then. You, I'm grateful for you because you were absolutely instrumental in unpacking what the fractal was pointing at. So I'm thinking, is the body of Christ not amazing? Just to do dwell under the love of the Father, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and surrounded by solid brethren that you actually get somewhere in life. Mm -hmm. uh, that's 
it's just gorgeous. It's true. It's so good. Yeah. You know, and I guess there's also, even particularly with this Shabbat conversation or, or Hebrew, uh, identifying with Hebrew roots, it's, it's when you're ready, you know, when you're ready to say right. yes to God and to step into it. And before that time, like for those of us who did not grow up in the church, like me, um, I wasn't ready to hear the gospel before I heard the gospel. I was ready when I heard it. Right. And and, and God moved when it was his season to move. So um, I love it. Me, me observing Shabbat, me observing the, the feast, all are a byproduct of recognizing the wonder of what it is to know the scriptures from a Hebrew perspective. I think that's a really great point because <laughs> it's, it's very easy. Um, and some of this depends on who you talk to. Uh, to get so fixated on, are you doing it the right way? And I feel like when, like, it's like you were talking about all of these rules, like, should I not travel more than X number of feet from my home on Shabbat? Right. Should I light the stove? Yes or no. And you, you get fixated on like keeping the rules and you miss the spirit of what, uh, like of, of why God gave that as a commandment. Um, to replenish our souls, to enjoy life. And I think that's really important, especially for people who are just uh, just starting to keep Shabbat, it's, is to not go down that path and to become so rigid that you miss what God's trying to do in your life exactly. here and now. Exactly. Well, like, so I, I went to this um, mess. It's where I first started observing um, Shabbat. It was up in uh, upstate Florida. And um, they were having Shabbat services and somebody went outside and pushed the starter button on two of their uh, gas grills. And the pastor or, or rabbi, whatever they referred to him as, had a cow like he I you'd think they were having sex on the picnic tables with young children passing by. Like it was like he was outraged and horrified. And I'm thinking I was new to it. So I thought the whole thing was rather bizarre and now that i look back with some sense of you know some modicum of knowledge i'm thinking it does say not to light a fire i mean it just it just says that but if think about what it was to start a fire with a stick and a string (laughs) like like it would have been brutal work to start a fire i I walk out in my backyard i push a button i i have i have the sacred charcoal grill that's the right way, and I have my gas grill, which is the easy way, and I walk outside, I push the button, bang, done. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm violating, I'm starting a fire, quite honestly, I'm starting a fire. So literally speaking, I'm violating Shabbat. But in reality, I, I don't, I just, I just don't buy it. I don't. So like, there's that, the log brings death, the spirit brings life, and Heaven knows I might get fine-tuned as we go a long way, but for today, I, 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 I don't want to be that person who said, you push the button, that's against Shabbat. God's going to, you know. Right. And ultimately, I watched this very same fellowship throw a bunch of people out of fellowship because they didn't like the way they were observing Shabbat. Hmm. One guy is in therapy because he's, he can't face this was his family, like in that he has a natural family, but he was so in love with this court congregation and is so moved by what they taught him. They threw him out because they didn't appreciate wow. 
the way he was observing Shabbat. I'm sorry. No, I can't. I'll rather love the person. That's um, yeah. So I I, right. I will throw a barbecue. I I think that's that's another important thing to highlight is like we trust that God rules the universe and uh -huh. that the Holy Spirit leads us in all truth. And so all of us come into this journey of following Yeshua, Jesus, at different levels, right? We come to it with different backgrounds and different knowledge of scripture. And I feel that as like as I go through my own journey in life, there's things that I like I've learned over the past few years that are different than what I was taught growing up. And so as God reveals those things to me, I'm going to obey and listen. But because everyone is at different levels, we've got to understand that and meet them in the middle to love them, to speak truth to them. It's like both and, but also trust that the work of the spirit is what's going to make lasting change in any person's life. It's not us bashing them over the head with what's right and wrong, but coming alongside of them and in entering into that conversation and that relationship. And I think it's really easy to just, you know, hold the, hold the law, if you will, over their head. Um, and it, it takes both sides. So I think that that's really important to remember. And it's really easy to fall into the, yeah, maybe the negative patterns of that, where you're just holding yourself up above someone else because you do, you do it better or you do it the right way. And yeah, it's a, it's a tension. So I, I, I can imagine like their, their Shabbat service. I mean, the worship there is gorgeous. You wonder if it still is actually, I, I've never gone back, but you wonder how, how clean they felt once they got rid of these people whom God was in love with and was willing to die for. And these people broken, looking to secular therapists to help them face what it was to be thrown out by people they trusted. I, 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 that would not be a pleasant moment in the life review we're told we, it happens when you face Jesus. Like, like, could you just imagine his face? Like, really? Really? Look at, look. Oh, so anyway. Yeah. You know, to, to reel myself back in, uh, I I try to um, I'm I'm just I'm I, I feel like we need to be gracious to people as they find their way, and gracious with ourselves as we find our way. I've done some things right. I've done things, and I, we always have that restaurant conversation. Like, so it says that you shouldn't. Have, your slaves are on Shabbat too. No one's working. Mm. And said so if you go to a restaurant. I, I, I and I don't usually, but if I do, um, I'll only go to one that's really busy. That if I don't sit there, somebody else will take the seat in a hot second. Like I not, I'm not making them do work they wouldn't have otherwise done. But that seems like a cop out to tell you the truth. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I uh, more often than not, I just say no. I prefer not to be out in public, and I just take the rest. But uh, that's something I've wrestled with. I'm doing this since 2014, so what seven years. Uh, and I, now I almost never go every now and then it just happens. I feel like there's, yeah, there's other, other things that I'm sure we'll get to in this conversation where it's been similar for me, things that I've, I used to do that. I just feel like for me, the Lord convicted me of things that I needed to stop doing. And yeah. 
I think that's, uh, that's part of the journey is listening to his voice and being aware of what he's trying to impress upon you and then do it to hear and do. Yep. Yep. So we've talked about me. Uh, so what, what about you? How, what we, what are your practices? How do you engage Shabbat? Yeah. Um, so for us, we, this kind of goes back to, I think it was 2016 when we started, uh, keeping Shabbat, we called it Sabbath back then. Um, but I've like, we call it Shabbat now. Um, but if you're new, like Shabbat might, might sound foreign. Um, but I think I mentioned that we, we looked up a, a messianic Kiddush and Kiddush means sanctification. So it's a, it's a traditional Jewish prayer, uh, or a collection of prayers, if you will, that people will generally say on Friday nights for, uh, what's, uh, called Arab Shabbat. And it just kind of stuck. So I have this little Google doc with these prayers that I've, I've like added to it over the years. Um, but we generally will start with dinner, um, with my family and sometimes we'll have people over. A lot of times it's just us. Uh, we'll try to break, uh, bake fresh challah if we're able to, uh, cause it's so good. And I'm, I've come to the point where if I can't have like, it doesn't feel like a complete Shabbat if I don't have a loaf of challah on the table. Um, but we'll pour a glass of wine and we'll light two candles. So Christelle, my wife, um, she'll light the candles and we'll say a prayer over that. And then part of the Kiddush is reading the last part of Genesis 1 and the first part of Genesis 2, where it's talking about how God created the world and then he rested on the Sabbath day because he set it apart. Um, so we'll go through and read these, these prayers. And, you know, some like initially, I kind of balked at that. And sometimes other people who heard we did that uh, kind of balked at it because it felt too uh, religious or liturgical. But I've found that as I've read it, I've just, I love it so much because this like repetition and like routine is, it's like, it's setting the, the mood for going into Shabbat. And so mm -hmm. for me, when I'm not able to do that, consistently i it, it like bothers me and so i'm to the point where like say say like we're over at my family's house on a friday night and it kind of upsets our rhythm i'll literally go say this prayer by myself and light a candle because it's that important to me now um it's so beautiful and and i just love it because in in repeating the words i feel like it it's like the lord shows me different things as i'm reading it um you know, like one in one simple example, um, you know, they're they're saying that this is the first of the holy festivals marking the exodus from Egypt. Um, and you read this every Friday night and then you think about like I'm getting a little bit off topic, but we uh, observed a Passover Seder this year. You were there. Yes. Yes. And. And thank you so much for that. Buddy. Yeah. So in, in reading the Kiddush every Friday night, you're even like reminiscent of what, what God did when he passed over, uh, the Israelites and spared them and delivered them, um, from Egypt. And this is like repeated every single week. And so I feel like it just ingrains this way of thinking of how good God is to deliver us and save us when I'm reading these words and then like finding out 
again, a little off off track, but uh, finding out that this cup, the Kiddush cup that uh, uh, you drink every Friday night for Shabbat is also one that you take during Passover. So it's oh, like really? every week you're, you're, say, you're saying this prayer of sanctification over this, this glass of wine that represents the same glass that Yeshua had at the Last Supper. And in a sense, it's communion where you've got the bread and the wine representing the body of Yeshua. And I don't know, like all of this hits me in different ways on Friday night and sometimes more like meaningful than others. But I just love that, like over time, the more I say these words and I, and I understand it, it's like enriching my soul and it's good. Um, and then usually the last part of the prayer is, you know, blessed are you Lord who sanctifies the Sabbath. And for me, it's like, when I say those words, I feel like it's Sabbath, it's official. Like I'm, I'm shutting off all of this work from the last six days and I'm entering into this new day that's different than all of the other days. And for me, that's yeah, been super meaningful. We'll pray over our kids in different ways. I try to make it fun for them. So as I'm reading it, it's not just this, like, I'm going to read it just out of repetition, but I'm trying to make it alive and full of meaning and intention. And that's the best. That's been a ton of fun. So my kids, like, they know it's the seventh day and God declared it. How good? Very good. And all of these fun things that we do um, over the meal. Uh, and then beyond that, it's, it's kind of a mix for us. So, um, it's it's ebbed and flowed over the years uh, where we went through seasons probably a, about a year and a half where we were keeping the Sabbath on Saturday very consistently. And then we moved away, um, moved back to our hometown where family was. We started going to a church on Sunday and I feel like it, it just upset all of our rhythms. So as a family, we're like, well, why don't we just keep Sabbath on Sunday? And... We tried that for a while, but then before I knew it, I'm like basically working at this church as a volunteer and I'm busy. I was going to church before the rest of my family, leaving my wife to like fend for herself with the kids and getting everyone ready. And after doing this for about a year, we just kind of realized this was not Sabbath, like at all. We had totally missed the spirit of what we had started doing. And for us, that kind of, that kind of, regrounded us to come back to Saturday as Sabbath. And we just said, okay, this is important to us. We're going to commit to it and we're going to treat this day differently. And I feel like the last three, probably three and a half years at this point, um, has been really good. And I feel like we've got back into that, that rhythm. Um, in terms of what do we do on Shabbat? This has shifted a little bit. Um, there's definitely like, kind of like what you were saying, we're intentional about not doing things that are work or uh, strenuous, definitely nothing grueling. For us, I really don't like traveling on Shabbat either. Right. So yeah, like even like, and this, this is, there's nuance here because there's been times where we'll travel to a friend's house and hang out with them on Shabbat and it's fine. But when I get stuck in traffic, I get like really frustrated. And when I start to feel like my body tense up because I'm yeah. like starting to get angry, yeah. then I'm like, I feel like I've 
I've totally missed the spirit of the Sabbath. Right. And so and you're just pulling out of the driveway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So we've recognized that and we've tried to shift some some habits as a result. Like yeah. Uh, now we if we go on a trip, say we're going on vacation for a week, um we've actually started leaving on Fridays and so we don't have to travel on Shabbat um for that very reason because we, it just wasn't restful even though we're going to vacation. So there's things like that that we've kind of shifted over the years as we tried things that worked and tried things that didn't work. Um, I think the other part I'll mention is kind of alongside that, like pray aspect. Um, occasionally we'll have people who come over and meet with us on Shabbat and I'll teach through, uh, what's, uh, what we call just a Torah portion. And it's just a portion of scripture from the old Testament. And then also kind of contrasting that with the new Testament. And I, I love the Bible. So Anytime I get a chance to talk about God and help connect people on any level, it's it's very life giving. Um, so we'll we'll do that sometimes when people join us. But if they don't, we just kind of set um, like a rhythm for our family where I actually teach my kids about a passage of scripture, and nice. we'll sing a few worship songs together, and uh, just kind of involve them um, in what we're learning about God and make that a part of our Shabbat um you know shabbat rituals so i have a question for you um I, i've thought about this a lot i don't have my own answer yet um so there's a difference between like i know i i talked to a lady i was flying home from colorado very recently and i flew next to a lady from boca and she was saying um i'm a jew by heritage but i'm certainly not a practicing Jew, like she's honestly I could care less. I don't, I don't believe in any of it, but I, I'm Jewish. So we have these, these, this Jewish heritage experience and a Jewish faith experience. And when I hear, as a Gentile, wanting to celebrate Shabbat, somebody with the silver candlesticks and the two candles and the blessed are you, King of the Universe. And they light the candles, and then yeah. let the, you know the mate from whom we get is you know something about bread, and they whip out the challah, and uh, to them it's very important. And and, and honestly, I, I mean no insult. I, I hope you love me enough that you're not insulted, because I'm really trying to find my way here. And I and I'm I'm asking the question for everyone who who's listening to us, because you have to believe that this conversation will be interesting to somebody who's uh, dancing around the periphery and doesn't know how quite to do it and i i feel like the challah and the candles are part of the jewish heritage and not to do with the spiritual side of what it is to be hebrew so me trying to embrace shabbat that honestly feels religious to me and mm. and you and i are a little different in that like I've had to learn from you a lot in terms of how to find the beauty there. And, you know, thank you so much for being you because I didn't have the things I've received from you. But I haven't felt inclined to make challah and I haven't felt inclined to light candles and make it an event. Right. And and maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm shallow. And maybe I need to. I don't know. But could you speak to that? Yeah, I think that's a great, a great question. 
Um, and, and I think it's important to highlight like kind of what you said, right? Like even there's nothing in scripture that says you have to light two candles. You have to say a Kiddush prayer. You have to right. bake challah. You have to hold a glass of wine and a silver cup. Like none of that's in like in the Torah, in the Hebrew Bible, in the scriptures. And that's important, right? Because we can make it religious in how we practice it and totally miss the point. Like if we want to get simple, we can look at Genesis 1, 131, where, you know, it says God set apart the Sabbath day and he made it holy. He sanctified it. We can look at the Ten Commandments where he said, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. On six days you do your work, on the seventh you will rest. Like we've got very like simple instructions. Remember the Sabbath. And that can look very different ways for different people. Um, and we have to we have to understand that, right? Um, there's also part of what you're saying that's true where there's different like Jewish heritage. You know, a lot of what I'm doing comes from Jewish heritage, um, right? Where it's like steeped in their culture. For me, the more that I understand that Jesus was Jewish and he likely practiced a lot of these same things, that's what fills a lot of these things up with meaning that might be religious and wrote to other people. And what stirs my soul might be a little bit different for you. And so I think it's important to say like, well, just because John does it doesn't mean that, you know, this is the right way and you have to do this. So understanding like the nuance there is important. For me, there's things that I have to understand as well, where sometimes I get stuck on, like I was saying, if I don't get to say this prayer, I feel like it's not the Sabbath. And that's like the challenge for me. Like I like process and routine and rituals and rhythm. And so again, I've got to, I've got to rest in that fact that this isn't something that saves me. It's not something that has to be done. Um, but it is something that's good. So understanding the like heart behind it, I think is important. Yeah. Like, like so for me, <laughs> this Gentile boy here, I'm like, for Shabbat starts with a glass of wine, uh, it's focaccia, not challah, <laughs> or bruschetta. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's really delicious, or flatbread with, you know, like prosciutto or whatever on it. So, like, it's savory, it's fabulous, it's warm out of the oven, and I, and for me, it's heralding the start of rest. Yeah. So, I, I for what I'm doing actually has impactful meaning to me. Yeah. I just wonder, I just wonder, like, um, should I be doing what you do? Well, here, here's what I would say to start with, like, you know, cause you've got a, a rhythm that you've got in place where you're, you're eating food, you're enjoying like the goodness of God's creation. And I think that's important. I think that there is an aspect that I love. So if I'm not saying like a prayer or maybe like we've got family over, I feel like there's a lot of value in being really intentional about yeah. like praying. So like, I might not say this, this kiddish prayer, but I might pray a prayer to God and thank him for his goodness and for his provision and acknowledge him as king of the universe and thank him for a day where we can yes. experience his presence and invite his shalom to cover us on this day. And it doesn't have to be like religious. <laughs> But there's like a mindset shift for me that when I do that, whether I'm saying this prayer that I like to pray or whether I'm just praying from my heart, that's like getting my spirit in the right, in the right mode to 
set the day apart and make it different than all the other days. And to me, that's the more important aspect of it, that you're intentional in how you do that. Um, yeah. And so that might, that might hit differently for different people. I'm very likely to do what you just described Yeah, as an alternative. I can see that. Yeah. And, and that would be very meaningful to me. And I've, I've cozied up to that and I probably need to do a more intentional job with that. Um, uh, and I guess the reason for me bringing this up was I, I may, I may start with the candles and the wine and the, and the challah, but, um, for the sake of people that are listening to us, wondering how do I engage it? Do not have to have this, the beauty of Jewish culture. It's It's the beauty of the, the millennia of Hebrew history rolled up into these practices right and for that reason i might just do it for that reason but well yeah but to to me this is this is what becomes really really nice right where you you learn different things in each prayer where you're like lighting the candles and we say blessed are you lord our god king of the universe who sanctified us with his commandments commanded us to be a light to the nation and we add and gave us yeshua our messiah the light of the world so as we light these candles, I'm thinking about Yeshua as the Messiah, uh, who is the light of the world. And as we do these things, they we believe that like His Spirit's shaping our lives, and that we are also going to be lights uh, to the world. And it's it's like this, I would say, through each part. Like maybe that would be a fun thing to do in a future episode is just like walk through some of the kiddish prayers. Um, and talk about some of the meaning. Um, Why don't we do that next time? I love yeah, that idea. I think that'd be great. You, you um, know, you take me to places I haven't known just by being you, like, just like, uh, and you challenge you challenge what I've done as a Gentile approaching all things Hebrew roots, hmm. and uh, I love that about you. And I think that you should do that to the rest of the world. In Let's this, who's listening? And um, uh, thank you. Yeah, this is great, Jim. Thanks for listening to the Ancient Way podcast, where our work is made possible by generous supporters like you. To find more podcasts and free resources, we invite you to visit theancientway.org. See you next time.